I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Jake Thompson, and I am your chief encouragement officer and host of the show each and every week. This is the show where we talk to competitors just like you from all walks of life, business, sports, fitness, entrepreneurs, and more to find out how they made it when others hesitate to even start. We share their stories of triumph, their habits, and the mindsets they take to remind you that your life is worth competing for. We are nine episodes in, and I'm excited this week to welcome to the show new friend, Salt Freedom. Salt and I connected this summer in Vegas at the Amplify Conference hosted by our mutual friend, Keith Yaki. And as soon as I met Salt, I was like, I've got to get you on the show. Like, we need to talk. I want to introduce you, your amazing energy, and your message to the larger Compete community. Salt has a very unique story and right now is focused on what she calls a radically alternative holistic eating disorder treatment program specifically for brave, rebellious, truth-seeking adult women. I know you're going to enjoy getting to know Salt, so let's welcome her to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Better Than Yesterday. I am joined today with Salt. Salt, how the heck are you? So excited to be here, Jake. This is going to be amazing. Oh, that's awesome. So Salt and I connected in Vegas this summer at Amplify, uh, Keith Yaki's live event. Uh, I just immediately was blown away with her energy, kind of her passion for people and serving people. And so couldn't help but get you on the show. And so to kick things off, Salt, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from. Tell us about you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So first, yes, loved meeting you at the event. It was awesome. I'm so glad that you came and found me because I've been checking your stuff out online and it's inspirational and gritty and I love it. So glad to be in your world. Um, so yeah, like you said, my name is Salt. No, my mother did not give me that name. No, I will not tell you my real name, quote unquote, because my real name is Salt. <laughs> so let's just get that done. Um, as far as like my journey and where I'm at right now, uh, what I do is I run a holistic eating disorder treatment program for adult women, uh, specifically for brave, rebellious adult women who don't just want to recover from their eating disorder, but they want to live in unshakable freedom. And the reason I can do that is because... Uh, I had an eating disorder for 13 very, very long, terrible, seems like decades, but 13 years. And um, so, I don't know, do you want the nitty gritty? I mean, I'm pretty public about it. Hey, whatever to... you want to share, tell it yeah. as real and raw as you want to. Okay, good, good. So, yeah, I used to stick my fingers down my throat. I used to uh, eat copious amounts of food all the time. Um, I basically every day thought about killing myself. Um, I really hated everything about who I was. I thought I sucked in every area. I was never good enough. And uh, I had a lot of inner conversations about how everyone else in the world was just awesome and I sucked. <laughs> and so a lot of my life looked like pretending like everything was awesome on the outside. Um, and on the inside, you know, I didn't really know if I was going to get up the next day. And it uh, all sort of, I would say I had a lot of rock bottoms throughout the course of my eating disorder. One specifically I remember was just sitting on a hill having stolen prescription drugs from my mom's medicine cabinet. 
and really just sitting there wondering like, wow, you know, I don't even have a driver's license yet. I wonder how they're going to identify me when they find me dead on this hill. How long is that going to take? And I don't really know other than, you know, God, which who I believe in, uh, you know, why I didn't kill myself that day. Um, I, I did stay alive, but I wasn't living for quite a long time after that as well. And eventually, uh, you know, I got married. I met this awesome guy who saw through my tough exterior. My, uh, I like to wear a, an armor of muscle to look intimidating and mean. And I would say, actually, that was sort of like my reverse anorexia time where I was so obsessed with gaining muscle and looking so intimidating that nobody would try and pick on me again because I had, you know, a history with high school bullying. So, um, so yeah, I did eventually get married and had a child. And for that nine months, that was pretty much the only time I was nice to my body in the last, you know, 13 years. And the minute that I gave birth to my amazing son, I remember looking down at my stomach and being like, what the hell? Uh, there's no baby in there anymore. Where's my six pack? And it was immediately diving right back into all that toxic evil stuff. So at that point, I just knew, you know, my son was almost one year old. I was still full blown into my eating disorder. And one day I just looked at him and I, I just knew like he was beautifully and wonderfully made. He was amazing and lovable and he had done nothing. So why did I suck so bad? And why did I have to earn everything? And I decided that I had to change my own self-image and I had to find an answer to this problem before I poisoned his self-image. Wow, that's that's powerful stuff. So, so during the course of that 13 years, mm -hmm. did you ever go through any programs, counseling, uh, rehab, anything of that nature in regards to it? Or is it a very mm -hmm. internalized battle? It was, you know, it started off like most people, you know, the health, the self-help section at the bookstore, like what book can I read? What diet can I try? You know? And so it was all very food focused, very body focused. And even when I realized it wasn't about the food so much, um, I still, you know, seeing therapists and talk, talk, talking all day, it didn't make me feel empowered. They didn't know what to do for me because they had never had an eating disorder. I just felt kind of like a guinea pig and all the like think happy thoughts and manage your meal plan and all these sort of strategies that felt like, you know, candy coating on top of rotten insides, they just never worked. And that was part of why I think, you know, the fresh starts on Mondays and the epic fails by Friday nights were so discouraging because it was just like, well, why can't you just eat like a normal person? And why can't you just follow this meal plan? And I think really, when I look back on it, I mean, it really was just surface work and all the toxic roots were still there and nothing was being done about that. And it doesn't matter, in my opinion, how much you talk, talk, talk about what's wrong. The transformation and the freedom is in the doing. And I think that's where we're missing the mark. Oh, absolutely. And I love the fact that you were, were very blunt uh, about that it was a lot of treatment and, and what you went through. And, and this isn't the case with everyone, but a lot of times we're treating the surface level of it. So mm -hmm. especially from, say, a, a health and wellness standpoint, we do a lot of prescription medicine. We do a lot of things like that to treat the base of it instead of the root, like what are the uh, the top level instead of the root of really what's going on with it. Um, you know, mm -hmm. why from a, a very basic health level, why is your cholesterol so tall? Like, why are you having heart issues? Like, it's not all times genetic and, and hereditary. A lot of times, look at what you're eating. Look at how you're living your life. Like, why are you doing these things? Um, so mm -hmm. I love that. And I obviously believe that is exactly what flows into your passions and your work. And so takes that point where you decided, like, this is it. I'm making a change. Like, I, 
this is not no longer the life I want to live, the mindset I want to take. How did you start adjusting that in your own life, which has obviously led you down to a, a very purposeful uh, path that you're on in impacting and empowering others? Yeah, um, you know, it was it was really slow and drawn out, which is part of what I think the gift of what I do right now is is so awesome because like a woman can come to the program and within less than five months, she can go from completely disordered in thoughts and habits and, you know, food and everything to totally free. I mean, that is like, that doesn't even seem real when I think about it from my own perspective. And so every client that does it, you know, that we're into like the well double digits by now, uh, I just go, okay, yeah, it's real. Like it really reaffirms the fact that it can happen because for myself, it was so long. It was like so many, you know, scraped knees and bruised elbows trying to figure it out. And I took so many you know, certifications in holistic health and in mind technology and, you know, the, the science of transformation and like why we make the choices we do and NLP and CBT and all these different certifications. And in the end, I think you can use a lot of that information against yourself because already as a woman with an eating disorder, and I can tell this from my clients, we are very brilliant women who tend to think ourselves round and round in circles because we can basically argue against anything. <laughs> so we can take all this information and implode ourselves with it instead of using it for good. And because we are predisposed to being overthinkers, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, we have so many people inside of holistic health training certifications that have eating disorders. Like I can tell you everywhere I went, it was full of people with eating disorders trying to fix themselves with all this information. And, you know, even to this day, we have a lot of clients that come to us who are naturopaths and holistic health practitioners who can't get out of the conundrum of all the information that they know that they're either living out of integrity with, which is a double-edged sword because you know better and you're not doing better. So you have the physical, you know, negative ramifications, but you also have, you know, the identity of like, wow, I really suck because I actually know what to do and I can't bring myself to do it is what we tell ourselves. So there's that part. And I think just being able to um, be in a community of women who are, who get you, you know, I think that's the other part is when you go to all these different places trying to get help and nobody really gets you and nobody's really talking about it. Like they say, you know, really generic things instead of like, did you puke? <laughs> you know, like nobody wants to say it like that. Like, did you, did you get rid of that? Like, no, let's just talk about it. Let's just be real. Like everybody's so busy pretending and therapy is just another pretending session. And in my experience and in the experience of my clients, I'm not saying there's no great therapists. I'm sure there are. Uh, I just didn't find them. <laughs> so how, how did you get into working? Like, tell me what it was like, because a lot of times when we start on a new path, we, we have to struggle against almost an imposter syndrome of like, oh, who am I to like coach yeah. this person? Who am I to work with this person? Who am I to do this? Mm -hmm. How did you face that, especially with your, your first, your first few clients when you got mm -hmm. into this Yeah, that's such a good question. I feel like people want to go, oh, I want to help people. And, and I'll tell you this too, like every woman that comes to my program, they say in their form, I want to help people with eating disorders. And I say like, full stop, you can help nobody right now. Because you are not free and you can only lead a person to where you're at. 
So the worst thing you can do right now, and actually it's the most comfortable because you can look at someone else and identify all their issues and cheer them on while they're brave. And then meanwhile, behind closed doors, you're acting like a hypocrite. So <laughs> that's the worst thing that you can do because it's just further you know, repeating to yourself that you suck. So you need to take care of your own crap. You need to clean up your own space and then you can help others. So that's the first part. So that was part of how I, ch- I challenged you know, imposter syndrome and felt like, yeah, I can do this, is that I had my own stuff done. Like I was legit free and I think I get freer every day. Every day I get to run a radio show. Every day I get to help a client. Every day I get to interview another free woman. I get freer. And at the beginning, I didn't know that was going to happen. I was like finding women inside of eating disorder forums online and coaching them for free. Because that's what you do when you start. And everybody has this thing like, I want to skip being a beginner. I'm going to launch a $5,000 program today. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You have to gut it out. You have to get gritty. What what worked for you isn't necessarily going to work for everyone else. Like, what an ego trip that is. You got to get in there and be like, what does everybody need? What is the 80% that everyone needs? And how can I create something that will serve those people that is customizable? Because that's the other thing that I see right now is when people are starting in a new space, they're sort of copying everybody else, but also it's very rules-based. And for someone who doesn't like rules, like I'll tell you, women with eating disorders hate rules. That's part of why they get stuck because everyone's telling them what to do. And they're like, screw you. I want to be my own boss. I don't want to follow your rules. And if that's what I have to do to be free, quote unquote, or recover really, then I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. So what's the point? So I think when you start off in order to translate, to, to jump over the imposter syndrome, which I know is your question. So sorry, I, I think I went on a rapture. I love this. But no, go, go. To, jump, to get past imposter syndrome, first of all, you got to take care of your own crap and stop trying to fill your own identity by helping other people. Like you need to be whole and complete yourself and have your stuff handled. So that's number one. And then number two, don't think that you can go from nothing to launching a program and serving your first client at full pop. You have to try your stuff on, grow as a coach, figure out by helping real live people with their real live problems, what you know that's of service to them before you can ever create a program and say, hey, I got something for you. Absolutely. No, I love that. I think we... We see everyone on Facebook, we see stuff on social media, and we assume that we just jump right to the end. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I laugh because we had a conversation with our kind of internal community group one day, and the Mm -hmm. conversation was like, you make a pile of crap. Like, you literally, you should look back a year, two years from now, and like, be embarrassed of your worst stuff. Like, (laughs) your very first stuff is going to always be your worst stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I told him about the conversation at Amplify of the, the guy on YouTube who he filmed it and then didn't film another video for two years because he thought it was so bad. Mm-hmm. But when he started filming again, he left it up there. Like he wants people to see like you just don't magically become polished overnight. You don't find your own voice overnight. You have to start doing it and learning and adjusting and figuring out what works for you and your voice and your story versus mm-hmm. rolling right out of the gate and expecting everyone to bend over backwards to pay you. 
Right. Exactly. And like you figure out who you are as you go. It's one of those things like I'm sure you've, you probably even coach this, like the levels of transformation. There's like, yeah, you can have insight about a topic, which is like, oh, yeah, I get that. You know, like there's different sort of levels of information and you can have insight and then you can go to the next level, which is knowledge, where you can actually explain those things to other people and teach them. But until you're actually living it out, which is the last level, like transformation, like you need to do a thing, live it out in the world, get feedback from other people, allow what you're doing to inform your own identity, and then from that place, create new things and better things. And none of that can happen if you're just sitting in your office pontificating about your world purpose. Like, you actually have to help real people. Yes, without a doubt. Action takes precedence over a lot of that. So, so, so tell me a little bit now about Salted Freedom. What, what is this that you have created? How are you serving people through it? Yeah, so um, it's a five-month eating disorder treatment program. Um, we walk you through five pillars uh, called Speak Up, Rewire, Refuel, Reinvent, and Be Free. And there's some surprise ones in there that I'm not telling you about because they're just awesome. <laughs> but, um, it's you know, everything in there is not like, oh, maybe I'll just throw this spaghetti on the wall and see if that works. It's all been created in the order that it is, the timing that it is to build and build and build and create a transformation. So it is anti-strategy. I don't believe in recovery like one day at a time, you'll always be an addict. I actually completely believe that that is a false dogma that we have taught people and that they now believe is true. I believe that transformation is DNA shifting, that you don't have to take notes on transformation because it shifts who you are and how you think and how you be, quote unquote, in the world. And there is no needing to protect that with strategies. It's really who you've become as a person. And so the program is all about helping you to shed all of the expectations and the rules and the things that have been taught to you either through modeling or just when you were a kid by your parents or some other authority figure and all the things that got into you and you just didn't have a filter for. So they became true in your own version of reality. And you've lived like they were true, only now in the program you get a chance to ask yourself, who taught that to me or when did I decide that? Is that actually true? What's the proof that it's true? What's the proof that it's maybe not true? Who could I be if I didn't have to live under that rule? And then we don't just talk about it, <laughs> we actually do it. So we do all the things that you wanted to do. We, we start to take down all the food dogma and allow you to really listen to your own body. But really like food is 20% of the program. It's a very important 20%. There's a lot of rule busting, myth busting, you know, um, customizable ways to fuel your body that you learn. But it is not the whole program. It is a solid 20%. And everything else is about, you know, how do you become independent from the world and all the pressures and expectations and rules about who you're supposed to be? How do you figure out what contribution you want to be in the world, who you want to spend your time with? You know, what do you really like? <laughs> what lights you up, you know, and we kind of go through this process called what's your spark and it's an acronym and we kind of dig in there. And then it's like, now what's next? And recognizing that, you know, you weren't broken. This isn't like a, I don't actually believe this is going to be maybe not something you've heard before. I don't know, but I actually don't believe that eating disorders are a diagnosis at all. I think they're a collection of symptoms. And one thing that I hear a lot 
from my clients is I wish everyone had an eating disorder because everybody needs to know this stuff. And if they don't have an eating disorder to wake them up and threaten their life, they're not going to get in here. So part of what I'm really passionate about is helping people to not only transform how they eat and how they see their body and, you know, having self-esteem, but also how they contribute to the world and how they can lift others up now that they're free. Because once you're free, you look around and you see all the walking dead people in the world who maybe don't have an eating disorder, but they're a slave to something else. That's fascinating. I love that. I I love... I love your approach um, and that it's it's 20% is about the food because it's that's the case. And in, in so many of our struggles and addictions, it's not the actual substance that is the issue. Mm-hmm. It's so much deeper than that. And f- digging it out um, mm-hmm. is what really we need more of. It's not the, hey, stop drinking. It's why are you drinking something? Like, let's dive into this. Why are you trying to numb certain things? Why are you trying to avoid mm-hmm. certain things? So, um, right. That's awesome. I completely agree. Because everything we do has a payoff. Even if it looks like it's something we would never choose, we're actually choosing it because it has a payoff. Like, I'll give you this great example. Is that okay? Can I tell you a story? Let's do so, it. One of my clients, Emma, she came to me with an eating disorder. And of course, we worked through it all. And one of the things I say is stop trying to look at why you have an eating disorder, because that's one of those overthinking things. And it's like what drives therapy, just talk, 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 talk. Why, why, why did this happen to me? But we're not actually doing anything new. We're not actually being the person we want to be. And I think as we take action, we will confront things that need to be handled. So that's the best way to identify what needs to get handled is by being in action. Uh, And at the same time, when you're in action, a lot of times, you know, hindsight's 2020, and you can look back and go, oh, I can now see why that happened. And the why is never the answer to getting out, but it's so cool when my clients have that realization. And one of the the stories that stands out is like one of my clients, Emma, you know, throughout the course of the program, we figured out that the, the time that her eating disorder started, she was like a budding artist. She was releasing self, um, like her own songs and she was playing the guitar and singing and she got the attention of a producer who approached her and was like, I want to give you a record deal you're awesome. And she immediately had so much creative insecurity and so much like, well, who am I to have a record deal? She was scrambling to look for a reason why she couldn't do it. And so she created an eating disorder. Now that pisses people off because when you're in an eating disorder, it doesn't feel like that. Like your brick walls are actually paper thin, but it doesn't feel like that when you're in an eating disorder. And so it can be really maddening when people say that. So if you have one, you know, I am not belittling where you're at. I'm just telling you where you could be, which is looking back and seeing that actually the reality, quote unquote, you're living in is something that is either keeping you safe from things that you think are going to you know, hurt you or things that you're scared of saying yes to, like in the case of Emma. You know, I had like a, a professor who claimed freedom in the program and she realized she kept eating and eating every night because she was trying to soothe and distract herself from her studies because when she looked out into the world of professors, she thought that they were all drab and dull. They had no personality and they were stuck up and she was petrified to become one like that. So she kept sabotaging her school by sabotaging her eating and her and her body and her living. You know, I have other people who can't feel emotion. 
feel so... Uh-oh. I hear this weird noise. Is that me? Nope, we're good now. Okay. okay. I, they feel so debilitated by feeling strong emotions, negative ones especially, that they like to numb out. So, you know, there's a physical high we get from stuffing our face. And then there's this amazing, like, exhaustion we get to feel after we've purged. And that whole thing is, like, how we get to check out of feeling and taking responsibility for what's going on. So there's so many reasons why we do those things. And instead of just thinking about why... Getting into action and actually like taking, becoming the person you want to in the world will help you to see all those things and then you can handle them. And I just, I don't want to belittle the why and I don't want to tell you that if you have an eating disorder that, you know, you're making it up. I know you're not. I was there too. I, I felt what you feel. I've been where you're at and there is another way to live. And if you're brave enough to do it, you can have that moment where you look back and see all your brick walls were actually as thin as paper and you can walk right through them and you will. So I just, uh, I'm going to probably edit this part immediately because I'm trying to think of how to best respond to that. No problem. No problem. RJ, I hope you're taking notes. Please edit this. No, I absolutely. I love that. I love, just your whole approach. And there's, there's really nothing that I can add, even follow up with that other than just, that's awesome. I love, it's very evident your passion for serving people and, and helping others really dig down. And I would have to imagine from what you see, when someone goes through the program, it's not only this, the eating disorder that's addressed it's the deeper issue but the other areas of their life that have been impacted by that deeper area mm -hmm. are suddenly changed and shifted their behavior is shifted it, it, it really changes maybe how they approach life every day I mean would you say that's a pretty common thing after someone comes out of it yeah you know I love that you said that you're reminding me of an email I just got like a couple days ago can I read it it's not very long no, it's yeah. it's about um so this woman who is completely free she's such a badass her name's Jenny oh you know what you need to edit that part out because I don't know if she wants me to read this email so I'm going to read it anonymously okay, so right, I have this client edit out uh <laughs> sorry okay salt oh you so um, if it's okay, I'm going to read this email because what you're saying really reminds me of this awesome woman who's living in unshakable freedom. I won't tell you her name just because I'm going to read this email, but this is so such a great example of how your freedom from an eating disorder is really freedom just to be yourself and to live the life that you want to live. It's really not about an eating disorder. And this is about online dating. So this is a hilarious example. So she says, I'm trying the online dating thing. It would be more accurate if instead of a website, they just hosted the entire enterprise in the Roman Colosseum. <laughs> I started chatting with someone lovely, funny, intelligent, flirty, but not pervy and rather sweet. We had, we had a date to go swimming in an old and very cool quarry yesterday. Friday night, he messaged me and asked what I was up to. I was at an art performance and he was next door at a bar, so he invited me to join him after the show. I went over. He was really, really handsome. His face fell when he saw me. He said, you don't look like your picture. I could tell he was disappointed in my appearance. He recovered and we chatted comfortably for a while. I may be short and plump and over 40, sir, but I am amazing company. Girls who are free tend to be amazing to be around. 
He walked me to my car, gave me a hug, and said, see you tomorrow. And then he texted me five minutes later and said it was great to meet me. Next morning, I drove into town because I have no cell reception at home, and we were supposed to meet up. And there was a message saying that he had to cancel, and I haven't heard from him since. After messaging back and forth up to a dozen times in the days prior that of meeting face-to-face, this was a disappointment. Okay, so here's the celebration part, she says. Disempowered eating disorder me would have gone to get some ice cream and cookies, gone home to bed, and descended into an epic week-long binge and self-hatred spiral. This is what I chose to do instead. Number one, I cried. Number two, I called three friends and talked it out. Number three, I asked for zero advice or opinions for them. from them. I have developed much better friends, listening friends, who allow me to get to my own wisdom now that I'm living in freedom. Number four, I arrived at the conclusion that he is well within his rights not to find me attractive and that his view of me does nothing to impact how proud I am of myself and my body. Number five, I accepted an invitation from a couple of friends who had no idea that this was even happening to join them in a country at a magical tea house with vast grounds and secret herb gardens. We had high tea and got gluten-free meals without me even having to ask because they know I can't eat it. Then we walked up a hill, sat on a rustic bench under an apple tree, and they read fairy tales to me. Number six, I took myself out to dinner and went home and did my power down and had a kick-ass night's sleep. Number seven, I woke up this morning feeling sorry for people who have been socialized to be unable to see what women really are about. And number eight, I decided to write to you because not everybody will get what this really means. I love you. That's awesome. Right? Who doesn't want to get those emails? <laughs> and that, that makes, and I'm sure like if it's anything like what we see sometimes at Compete, like that makes the worst, the hard days, ironically, or when you get a lot of those emails, when you, the days that you kind of struggle or maybe the weeks where you're struggling to catch your breath or get your head above water, or even just like, why am I doing this? Like mm-hmm. those are sometimes the weeks that you get those and you're like, print it, save it. This is exactly why we do it. If we don't do anything else, like this is it. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, man, that's awesome. Salt, you are a rock star, and I love this. How in the world can everyone listening here find you, connect with you, learn more about what you're doing? Awesome, yeah. So um, they can find me at my website, which is saltedfreedom.com, S-A-L-T-E-D-F-R-E-E-D-O-M.com. I also have a YouTube channel, which is saltedfreedom.tv, where we just released this really awesome music video you should totally check out. It's like a spoof on just a girl eating disorder style. It's pretty fun. Um, And yeah, and if you're wondering, you know, do I have an eating disorder? Or if you know you have one and you want to know, like, I don't know if this approach is right for me or what is this salt girl really all about? I would encourage you to start at, uh, we run a test. It's called the eating disorder test. So you can find it at the eating disorder test.com. And it's going to run you through not only, you know, do you have the symptoms of what people would label, you know, clinicians would label an eating disorder. Uh, But it's also going to help you see, like, what kind of disordered eating are you struggling with? How bad is it really? What kind of treatment is best for you? Because straight up, Jake, I'm sure you noticed, we're not for everybody. 
you know, so we really are for women who are brave, who don't want to live under rules, who, who really just want to be unshakably free because recovery is not what we're about. And we're not about, you know, talk, 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 but live in the safety of talking without any doing, you know, so there are a lot of things that I think um, you'll learn by checking us out so that it'll help you to go, heck no, that is way too rebellious and fun and crazy for me. Or you'll be like, finally, I found my home. <laughs> and that is absolutely right i mean just interacting with you like you got to have a ball of energy you got to bring it if you're if you're hanging and running with salt like i firmly believe like this is not something you're gonna dip a toe into uh you expect people to kind of dive in and, and get ready to dive in and go deep well, thanks for saying that, Jake. And I really appreciate, you know, getting to know you at Amplify and then after that with all our phone tag. And I mean, you've been so generous. It's obvious to me that you really care about people as well. You know, I was launching my own gear site and I was like, how the heck do I do that? And you were all over it. Well, I can help you and try this and try that. And now our Salted Freedom gear um, is up and it looks awesome. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that you made that learning process feel easier. So thank you so much for being such a giver and asking for absolutely nothing. In fact, you offered me a, you know, a podcast slot. So you're awesome. I really appreciate you. <laughs> I, I just want to be able to amplify and share people's stories. And I've shared this a few times, but I really believe too often in life, we get into a situation where we face an obstacle, we're going through something and could be an eating disorder. It could be adversity in work. It, it could be just really being stuck. And we internalize so much of it. And mm -hmm. we don't talk about it. And so no one really knows we're struggling with it but us. And to, and to us, it's this impossible obstacle. Like we can't overcome it. And, and as soon as we start to see other people out there, because there are other people out there, going through the same situation, overcoming the same obstacles, or, or hell, even overcoming bigger obstacles, mm. we suddenly realize our situation, one, is not unique, and two, it's very much one that we can win. And so our whole behavior shifts. It's like when we talked about you come out of, the, of your program, like your behavior, your mindset, everything shifts when it's like your perspective and your eyes have been open to like, no, I can win this. Like, I can do this. And so when you start to behave differently, everyone around you sees it and starts to take note and has questions of how they can. And, and it just creates this positive chain reaction. And so my goal and, and one of the things I'm here to do, I believe, on this earth is just to share those stories and connect people like that. Uh, because if someone listening hears your story, is impacted, wants to reach out, connect, their life gets changed, then obviously it's going to uh, trickle down and impact everyone that they run life with and run community with. Um, and, and they're all going to kind of start competing. And so at, at the core of everything we do at Compete, that is it. To remind people their life is worth competing for. And then just to show as many people out there as possible, like yourself, who are doing it, who are impacting others, who've overcome just some powerful obstacles. Um, because I want to give other people that hope that they're not alone. There's definitely a way to win. Wow, I love that. You're such a go-giver. You can totally tell by everything you say. And I love that you said that there's a positive ripple when people are transformed. It's true. And so much of that, I mean, I've also experienced the opposite. You know, with every, can I just finish with one thought? Because you Do just it. made me think of it. And I feel like it's so important. The floor is you know, yours. 
a lot of times we say to people like, don't, don't uh, listen to your haters. You know, like if you've got haters, just ignore them and just, you know, don't let them bring you down. And it's like, I even want to take it a step further than that and go, look, my own approval is what matters to me the most uh, other than God's. So that's the thing about compliments and about put downs is you can't allow put downs to take you out, but you also can't allow compliments to be your source of motivation. It's got to be like your own deal. You've got to, you're the one who has to look at your face in the mirror every day. And you've got to know, like, I am doing everything I can. I am living in integrity with what I believe. I am taking action on what I know. And I'm not going to sell out to please anybody, whether it's to avoid their judgment or to get their affirmation. I'm going to do what I know is right and screw everything else. And once you can get to that point, your people will find you. Like people just feel when you're being real and you're not pretending because the world is full of pretenders who are so afraid to be called out or judged or, you know, for someone not to like them. And so when we're all pretending, we can't find each other because we can't see what, what we're all really about. So when you stop pretending, you're like a breath of fresh air. And yeah, of course you're going to get some haters, but don't let that be a big deal. You know, if you've got haters, you're doing it right. And when you get compliments, be like, great, that's awesome. And what we know, Jake, is a compliment actually means the person giving it is that way. And they're either appreciating it because they're that way or they want to be that way and they're not allowing themselves to be. So I always ask questions on the tail end of compliments. Like, wow, thanks so much for saying that. Why is that important to you? How are you living that out? Or, you know, not in like a coachy way, but just like... I feel like, wow, that's a light on who you're being in the world or who you want to be that you're not letting yourself be. And how can I help you? Because the compliment's not really about me. I love that. No, that's that's spot on. Lecrae, the uh, the rapper, uh, has a quote that I've heard numerous times, but he mm -hmm. kind of lives by. It says, if we live for people's accept acceptance, we'll die from their rejection. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of spot on with that, with especially a little bit of that conversation. But so oh. you are a rock star. This episode has been phenomenal. I know everyone listening has absolutely loved it and will be checking you out. Um, I will connect to all your links, website. I will get everything and even probably that video. We'll throw it on the show notes page oh, and, sweet. Um, just for it. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I look forward to take two. And, you know, when I, I'll definitely be returning the favor. I'd love to dig into your brain and see what you're up to. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. To contact the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To find resources and valuable content that'll help you better compete for your life, be sure to visit betterthanyesterdaypodcast.com. We're excited to have you part of the community and we're excited to see you again next episode.